0: Five. and girls welcome to the first <laughs> the first edi- first edition or first iteration I don't know of the black techies podcast uh, if you are minority hey if you're anyone and you like tech you're in the right place so uh, my name is David I am your host and I am joined by three other lovely people uh, would you guys care to introduce yourselves Hey, my name's Dominique. I
1: uh, I'm from Vegas originally. I live in Tennessee right now. All right.
2: Um, hello, I'm Tiffany. Originally from Georgia, living in the midwestern city of Detroit and freezing.
0: <laughs> yeah, have fun with that one.
3: <laughs> <laughs> hey, everybody, I'm Shoot. Uh, I was born here in Nashville, raised in Atlanta, Georgia, back in Nashville, practicing sports and entertainment law, Uh, so I'm excited to be a part of this podcast.
0: Sounds good. I I guess it's my turn. Once again, my name is David. I'm uh, originally from Atlanta, the ATL, uh, jumped up to Tennessee State, uh, crossed over to North Carolina A&T, and now I'm up here in D.C., uh, working for good old Uncle Sam. So... So, but it's it's not my fault that Trump is in office. So please don't blame me. Um, <laughs> I was I, gonna I, say I'm you just, said good old Uncle
1: Sam. <laughs> I was like,
0: mm. <laughs> but um, all right. So we'll start off with uh, since this is the very first one, I would like to get a um, I guess a a, a reading on everyone's one. What's your favorite tech item, and then two, what is what kind of I guess, smartphone, are you rocking with? Like, what's your, your daily driver, some people call it? So uh, I guess I'll start off. So um, I guess my favorite techie item right now is my computer, because it's the most powerful thing I have. So I have a gaming, a gaming laptop, an Alienware 15 R3, um, has a pretty powerful i7 uh, Nvidia GTX 1060 graphics card. So I can basically play any game I want. On on ultra settings, 1080p, I'm great. Uh, <laughs> as far as my smartphone, I got the iPhone 6s Plus. Will I upgrade to the eight or whatever they're gonna call it? I have no idea, but for right now, I think it's I think it's pretty good.
1: So uh, my favorite tech item, I guess, would be either my PC, which is a CyberPower uh, PC. Uh, it's a mid-level gaming laptop I only play League of Legends really so I don't need anything I don't need (laughs) a haul but uh, probably also my Xbox One because I split time Um, I carry two phones I work for a cell phone company so I carry two phones uh, Galaxy S7 Edge and the iPhone 7 Plus so
0: right.
2: Uh, for me well I was going to try to switch it up um, because you know, I knew we were going to talk about cell phones, so I was going to say that my favorite tech item is my very low tech laptop that I have. Hey, it's nothing wrong um, with that. <laughs> But uh, due to the technical difficulties before the start of the podcast, <laughs> I might be changing my mind. But no, really. Um, I just bought an HP Stream 11 because I just needed something that was really small to like carry with me because um. I'm an aspiring real estate investor, and so I needed it to be, like, on the go or whatever. And I love this little thing. Like, it it doesn't really have much memory, so I just threw in an SD card and all that. But it's just, it's so flexible. Like, it's surprisingly usable, I guess. So, it is my favorite tech device. And um, my cell phone is uh, a Pixel. I have a Google Pixel. Wow, you're one of the lucky few. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Well, I uh my favorite tech item uh this is shoot it probably is gonna have to be my iPhone. Um I have an iPhone six plus uh six plus excuse me and uh the reason why it's probably my favorite tech item is because I'm one of those people that love to jailbreak phones and kind of get into it and, and see what I can customize it to to fit my needs. Um so I keep it with me everywhere I go. I have two of them, um one from personal and one for business. Uh, so those are my uh, two favorites.
0: All right. Well, um, we might have one more person joining us, uh, but until then, we'll keep like, plugging along. Ain't um, nobody
1: rocking the seven.
0: <laughs> oh, the Note Seven? <laughs> uh, no. Uh,
2: the iPhone Six. <laughs> got a 6?
0: Nah. Nah. <laughs> I like I like my uh, my headphone jack.
1: Man, I knew you were going to say that. Come
0: on, man. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that's probably the uh, actually that that that's, this is a good segue into the into the next section. So, uh, I'm pretty sure you all have probably been uh, either following or maybe heard hearsay on the latest rumors that have been circulating around interwebs. Uh, for example, the iPhone eight or 7s or whatever apple is planning on calling it so let's see if i can pull it up so apparently um the new iphone will be will have an oled display edge to edge display Uh, obviously a faster a11 processor it will have a better camera i think every iphone has a better camera than the previous one but this uh, but this time with the touch ID sensor is going going to be integrated into the display instead of a separate button or separate home button which means there will be no home button because it'll all be integrated into the display there will be true wireless charging from what I hear and not not the regular inductive charging that you get with T and PMA It's actual like you walk into a room and when you walk into the room it's just charging and that's 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 pretty. I will say that, that if that's true, that'll be pretty pretty cool. Let's see. I think the last one that I heard was there there will be three models. One is will would be the high end one, the one with the OLED display, and then the other two would be like the 7S. So you have the regular 4.7 4. inch, and then the 5.5 5 inch 7S and 7S Plus. But let me let me ask you guys, what do you, what do you guys think of it? You all. Are you excited for it? Are are you like, man? Or, I mean, their their rumors are always like outlandish,
1: and then it comes out, and it's like kind of the same phone as the last one. Uh, but I don't know. I'm not really an iPhone guy. I'm carrying an iPhone, but I'm not really an iPhone guy. Uh, I do like the fact that they're 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 getting they pitch uh pick Samsung to pick their to make their next screen, so that's cool. Um, uh, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. Three different models. It's gonna cost that big one's gonna cost like a thousand, like eleven hundred dollars. Oh so,
0: yeah.
1: It'll be good for Apple and their stockholders.
2: <laughs> Anyone
0: else? Well,
2: any, I'm uh, like... Can I go ahead. No, well, no, I'm I'm kind of like Dominique. I'm not an iPhone person, so um, I'm not really excited about it, but. Um, I mean, the rumors sound kind of amazing, especially the true wireless charging. Like, I just love to see that in action. You know what I'm saying? But um, I was also thrown off by that $1,100 price tag. Like, they really have to step it up if they're going to be charging that much for a phone.
0: Right. I mean, it would truly have to be an actual, quote unquote, magical phone. Uh, You know, that's Apple's favorite word. It would have to be, you know, really magical for for it to cost that much. I mean, even now, if you get the highest and seven seven plus with taxes, I think that almost runs you over a thousand or at least yeah, it's close $95. to it. nine dollars and ninety nine cents. Oh man, plus tax. <laughs> right. Plus tax. Hashtag I sell cell phones. <laughs> <laughs> nice plug there. <laughs> but. But uh, we'll we'll see if it, if it's a uh, if it's truly worth that that uh, thousand dollars.
2: See, I remember. Well, um, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead, you guys.
1: Oh, I, I was gonna say. what we know from the statistics is that Apple people uh, spend more money than Android people, and we also know that they'll generally buy anything Apple puts out. So it's not like if they put it's not like if they put out a just a slightly bigger version of the whatever the next phone is, people aren't going to buy it. They're absolutely going to buy it because it's an Apple product. So these AirPods got bought. The Apple Watch got bought. Now, granted, they make good products, but it's going to get bought. It doesn't really matter. Like, we can complain about it. People complain about the headphone jacks. I sell 42 Apple no-headphone jack phones a day. You know what I mean? So if people complain about it, they're going to pick it up. If Apple tells you to buy it, you're going to buy it. So.
0: Well, I mean, well, let, so let me ask you, as as Android users, do, do you think, what, what would Apple have what to do with Apple the next iPhone to convince you to switch over? Well, I carry an iPhone. Uh, I think,
1: first of all, the fact that in 2017 a phone doesn't support Flash is just bananas. Uh, it's just too closed of the software. So I think Android people are staunchly Android people. Uh, And they're not really – the only reason that anybody's making the jump is because Android or Google has stopped putting out quality devices. I ain't going to say stop. There's a couple good phones out right now. But, I mean, if you want something that came out in the last five months, you got to – there's really only one choice. I mean, you got to get the iPhone. If you're not – if you don't – if most people aren't power users, but power users know what they want. And if you want to open source software, you got to get an Android and so Apple's never going to open their software, so that's it. You, you can't you can't win, Android people.
0: I don't know. It depends, because I I wonder, I wonder if some if the simplicity of because so I I used to be an Android guy and I still I still am kind of sort of I, I actually really like Android, but I, I used to have the 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 HTC Evo back in what, 20, ah. 2010. So I I used to have <laughs> I used to have Evo and. Yes, I did root it. Yes, I did install CyanogenMod and a whole bunch of other ROMs on it. But eventually, I don't know, it just kind of got old to me. So, and, and I kind of want, I kind of like the simplicity of what Apple offered. Plus, I like, I I know Apple gets a lot of crap for their whole vertical integration, where you know they, they design the software and the hardware, and the, you know the whole closed ecosystem. But at the same time, I think that it also ensures quality. Uh more than the average Android handset. Now obviously there are exceptions like Samsung with the exception of the Note 7. And uh and maybe in you know HTC has some pretty good ones and even the Pixel um uh, is really good. Uh so HTC is crap. But I'll say this. Ah, okay. The Note set the Note 7
1: was the best. I carried it for a month and a half before Samsung pried it from my hands. Best phone I've ever held in my hands. It was great, and uh, the you know they only they had to stop doing it because of the rumors. That's all it was. I mean, not rumors. It was actually blowing up. But I mean, it wasn't like my phone was in danger. It was like one out of every seven hundred and fifty thousand phones had the possibility of breaking like that. So it was really kind of overhyped, and you know they took some really negative uh, press because of it. But it was an excellent phone.
3: Well, I, I, I want to jump in there real quick with you said it was one in every seven hundred and fifty thousand devices. Uh, the the problem with that is, is that for each one of those devices, that's a lawsuit. Right. So you don't want to lose your brand integrity by having two of those devices happening. One and a half million. Um, it was you know not saying I'm not, I'm not saying that that's what you were trying to say, but I just yeah. want to highlight that point.
1: Yeah, and no, I get it. But they lost tw- they lost like twelve billion dollars. Uh, on this so I feel like you could probably afford some lawsuits as a company but you don't want to lose you don't want to like kill a kid or anything like that so I guess I get why they pulled it off the market man but uh, I don't know man there's people there's people that came to me and was like is there anything I can do to keep because you know they just in like in early January they shut it down like where mm-hmm. uh, charge it uh, you couldn't use it off the charger and so they basically hit the kill switch in America uh but there were people asking me how to get around that, which you can't get around it, but there are people asking me how to get around it because people didn't want to give up their phone that bad. So any phone you can tell me is a possible bomb and people still trying to use it, that'll tell you all you need to know about how good that phone is.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would have to agree with you. Up, up until the issues that it had, I've heard almost unanim- unanimously that the Note 7 was probably the best Either the best phone or the best Android phone, period, in, of 2016. So I would have to agree with you. I, and I know a lot of people who were who are diehard Note fans, and oh. they were just crushed that Samsung had to pull the plug on it. But so all right. So to that point, then, do you think that Samsung's reputation is like harmed because of it, or do you think they'll bounce back? Do you think they'll the customers will trust Samsung again?
1: Oh yeah, they trust him. They trust them. Uh, they, I think they lost They lost a good amount of market share because people that would never have been iPhone users uh, just decided to try it because there's really no productive offerings outside of the Galaxy line. Uh, there's really nothing that good. There's nothing that'll just scream, hey, take me instead. And I think LG dropped the ball this, this cycle and HTC dropped the ball this cycle because th- th- there was blood in the water and they could have taken the top Android crown, but they didn't. And you know if gal- if the note seven people are like still trying to keep their old note seven, they're one that's not working, so that tells you all you need to know about how people feel about it and if uh you know next 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 generation next life cycle the new galaxies come out, people will buy it, and they you know I think they're gonna trust them. You saw that little video that apology video it was pretty funny, but I think people trust them
0: right
2: so I'm gonna. Even even me. So, I, I ended up with the Pixel because I had a Note 4 beforehand, and I was going to get the Note 7, but they started blowing up or whatever. So, <laughs> I'm so deeply ingrained in Android that I, I couldn't be one of the ones to go over to iPhone because, I don't know, they're just not intuitive to me. Really? Um you you got to I know, it. I know, I know. I know they're set up to be intuitive, but I have no idea how to use those phones. And then like everything I have is Android. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I I'm really deep into Google. I use Google everything just about. So it's just not it's not convenient, I guess. Um, so I ended up with the Pixel, but I mean Dominique over here talking real bad about about everything
1: else but I love this phone well the (laughs) the Pixel was a great phone it is a great phone the problem is nobody that wants it can get it right now I can't decide I want to get a Pixel and just go get a Pixel and so it's you know it's been on back order you can't get the black Pixel XL to save your life you just can't get it and so Google should have made more phones this was another like I said it was blood in the water and so there are a lot of people that aren't as staunchly Android as you are that Decided to give Apple a try, and one thing that I know about Apple now, after having used it, because now I don't got an iPad, I got an iPad Pro 13 inch. I'm not gonna ever not have an Apple device. Just yeah. it, <laughs> once you get on it, you really can't get off it. I nope. miss, it's addictive. Uh, like the the whole atmosphere, the whole way that my when my phone rings, my tablet rings, just like stuff like that. It's it's user friendly. The atmosphere is just so like Apple. You can just tell it's Apple, and I'm not saying it's better. I still prefer my Galaxy,
0: but I will say that that uh, go, ahead, go ahead.
1: No, no, I was just saying once you know anybody that would never have even tried it, now they're trying it because of the No Seven debacle, and now they'll they'll be lost forever because they'll never switch back because of iMessage, mostly just because of iMessage.
3: To see a blue bubble.
0: <laughs> yep. Right. Honestly, that's kind <laughs> of my so. To be honest, I, I really want to get a Pixel because I love, I think that the way that Google does AI, artificial intelligence for the Google Assistant, I think that's the way that phones are going to evolve in the future. And so, and I think right now, at this moment, I think Google does it better than anyone, better than Siri, better than Cortana. So better than whatever Samsung's going to come up with Bixby. Uh, <laughs> actually, that, that that actually leads into... Uh, the next rumors about the Galaxy S8. So, obviously, in the with the demise of the Note 7, Samsung has to kind of rebound from that with, uh, with, uh, with the line. So, I'm not sure if they're going to actually re uh, come back with a new Note line, but with the S8, I'm hearing that the screen will be bigger like between 5.7 and 6.2 inches. That's pretty big. Uh, let's see. So, I have
1: it on pretty good authority that that's true the uh the base model the s eight is coming out at the size of the s seven edge, which is five point seven inches, and then they're gonna have a second release when we don't know what any of the things these things are gonna be called, but there's gonna be a five point seven and then there's gonna be like a six point three like the size of the mega um, and so that's what I heard and I got that that's all that's a, I can't give my source, but it's a pretty legitimate source. That that's what that's what it's gonna be. It's not gonna be called the Note though. If they drop a Note, it'll be in August.
0: Yeah, I heard that instead of it, instead of being the Note, it might be like the S8 Plus or something like that.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They might bring back the Mega. They might call it a Mega.
0: Uh, I mean, either way, I mean, I think it'll be, I think it'll be pretty inter- interesting how they market this to consumers who might be. A little wary of buying another samsung phone but based on some of the leaks i've seen some of the designs i've seen like i'm looking at it now that uh this phone along with the iphone is going to basically be bezel-less and that seems to be the theme of this year like even the lg rumors of the, the, the g6 that it's going to be basically bezel-less and there'll be no hardware buttons at least on the front and so i i wonder if this new trend of, of bezel-less phones is going to be good or bad maybe it'll depend on how how they handle palm rejection so you won't accidentally press something i don't know yeah bezel-less and uh no headphone jack oh yeah that, that's the other thing they, Uh apple started it thanks apple <laughs> man it's
1: 2017 man get you some bluetooth headphones
0: yeah you know to be honest <laughs> To be honest, in my car, I actually use Bluetooth. So hey, I guess I guess I could go ahead and, and get the Bluetooth headphones. But it's like, man, now I gotta buy some more. <laughs> yeah,
2: but it's you know it's kind of. I think I think the bezel is a good look. I do. The, too. Like I mean, they just the phones look better. Um. And I mean, not having a like a dedicated home button and all of that on the front of the phone, I don't think I don't think people will miss it. Like, there's not one on this Pixel, and coming from the Note, I didn't I don't miss it at all. Uh, and plus, you got you get like more screen for maybe a smaller phone or something like that. You can't you can't lose like that. I don't think. I just wish they'd stop doing this edge stuff, man.
1: I, I'm, I'm, I'm over <laughs> I'm over it. I've every I've, I've carry I carry the edge right now. I just never use the edge part. It's just screen you're taking away from me in my opinion.
2: So- I'm glad you said that. That was like one of the questions I had written down like for somebody who has an edge phone, do you ever use the stuff on the edge like is it useful at, at all couple functions on the edge but nothing that you now
1: if if it gets wide enough adoption like if apple were to put an edge kind of display on their phone and developers would actually use it could be useful there's a lot of things like if you're on uh, if you're taking a picture you could like swipe over from the left and then like instagram filters will pop up or something like that you know something where you could filter mm-hmm. the you know there's a lot of things you could do but you just can't do none of that right now. All it is just like instead of going to your calendar, you can have calendar in your Edge apps so that you don't have to look through your app trade for it. Mm-hmm. You can do, you know. But like it's it's nothing that it's like saving you one step, which kind of doesn't really save you a step anyway because it's the same number of button presses. But eh, you know, it's pretty. It's a pretty phone.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, I I I played with the with the Edge. In mean, Best Buy, and I mean, I don't know. I thought it was pretty, pretty interesting how you know the little side actions or side widgets or whatever that you can have access to. I think that could be potentially pretty useful for like one-handed usage, especially because even with even with the 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 reachability feature on the iPhone 6s Plus, I mean, it's still kind of a pain somewhat to use a large phone because my hands aren't exactly the largest, but. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but i i i hope that with these bezeless designs that the manufacturers kind of take that into consideration and i think samsung tried to do that with the edge so um so so I, I, let me get your 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 views on on bixby so according to to sam mobile uh they said that uh it'll be named bixby and will work across every NATO samsung application and according to them unlike s voice Bixby will be more advanced and it will work system-wide. For example, it might come in handy inside the Gallery app where you can ask Bix- Bixby to show you pictures and videos that satisfy particular criteria, kind of like what uh, what Google Photos or Apple Photos does. Um, it says S-Voice is likely to be, to be replaced by Bixby in the Galaxy S8. So we have yet another entry into the whole personal assistance category and... Do you all think this is necessary for Samsung? Uh, I mean, you gotta you gotta differentiate yourself, um, I
1: guess. But I think Google Voice uh, is it's pretty. I mean, like the the Google Assistant uh, is is there a name? Does Google Assistant have a name? Nope, that's it. Yeah,
2: no, her name <laughs> is Assistant.
1: <laughs> yeah, but he, it's good. It works, and that's the only that's the thing that I need most from my. Uh, artificial intelligence is that it understands the words that I say and that it does what I ask it to do and so I think Siri has improved a lot it's still nothing it's got nothing on what Google's able to do with it man like if you have a smart home if you have uh, the, the, the lights and the curtains and the electronic locks and all that stuff like, you can really, really do a lot with uh, Google Home and, uh, you know, Alexa too. Alexa's a, a, a pretty beastie. And I think if they could get them all to work together where you don't have to, like, you know, throw out one thing that you got because you got some other stuff. And, you know, if they would find a way to make all that Android stuff work together, I think it would only help the atmosphere.
2: Yeah. So. I oh,
0: know, go ahead.
2: Oh, well, no, I was just going to say that I read. Like, when I when I was looking at some of the stuff for the essay, I read that one of the things that they were going to have Bixby be able to do is to, like, identify objects and, like, words through the camera. Like, I guess just the idea of integrating it with the camera at all, I'm kind of impressed by that idea. I don't think it's going to be particularly useful, but, you know, sometimes you just want to see cool stuff.
3: Yeah,
1: like Iris Unlock on the Note 7 was amazing.
2: (laughs) Exactly. You just want to see cool stuff sometimes. So, I mean, I don't think it's necessary, like to go back to your question, David, like I don't necessarily believe it's necessary in the idea that it's going to be something that's extremely useful for their users, but I do think it's necessary in just having to keep up with the times.
0: Yeah, I mean... But well, why don't they just use Google Voice? Well, yeah, that is, that's what I was going to say. I mean, you already have... Google's already kind of leading in this. Oh, no. I know. Mean, you, have, you have Google Voice, or rather Google Assistant, Siri, Cortana, Alexa, and now you're trying to add Bixby to this whole thing. It's like, all right, at some point, <laughs> somebody's going to have to <laughs> take the lead or have some kind of common knowledge graph to kind of pull from so that they can all be useful. Although, I don't, I don't know... I, I know this is competition, you know, competition's first, innovation, all that kind of stuff, but I hope it doesn't become too flooded, you know, oh yeah, too convoluted or whatever. So. Yeah.
1: I think it's less reasonary, but I thought Siri was unnecessary and I use it every day now. So.
3: So I don't, I don't. So I don't use Siri or any personal assistant on my phones very much at all. And my my mom was actually going to buy me the Google Home, but I was reading a court case where the police department was trying to subpoena uh, Amazon's records so they could get access to the voice logs and the communication that was taking place in the house. Now the, it wasn't trying to say that Alexa or any Google Home assistant is you know, autonomously recording all conversations, but for me, just having that ability. Um, for a device to record and it goes get stored somewhere that I don't have access to it to review it, it just makes me feel uncomfortable. So I use Wink automation for my home. So I have my garage doors, some locks, some blinds, um, and some other things in the house where I control that way. But I haven't ventured out to use my personal assistant to say, you know, open the garage door or anything like that. So I haven't found a use for it personally. Um, so
1: yeah. I've never heard of Wink. Is that uh is that voice <coughs> activated
3: or is that app control? It's app control. So Wink is uh it it uh operates on two point four or five point six gigahertz wi wireless Wi-Fi, and you can connect um like deadbolt batteries that have Bluetooth connectors, uh, Bluetooth connections um to the Wink hub, and then so on your phone you can you know check to see if your garage door is open or shut, um, lock doors, unlock doors, open blinds. Um, things like that but yeah it's not a it, it's not a assistant or anything it just connects through wi-fi and then you have to connect through an app yeah, yeah so i'm, I'm getting, i get into like alexa or anything it will it will so wink is compatible with alexa so you can connect all of your devices to your wink hub and that's actually how it connects with alexa once you pair those two together then you can say alexa open the front door and because the wink information is stored there it's still triggered through the wink hub Um, But you definitely can use Google Home and Alexa with it.
0: Yeah, I'm not bad. Go ahead. Oh no, no. I I was gonna say. So in January, you all know they had CCE at the uh, Consumer Electronics Show, and Mm -hmm. I was privy enough to go there. And I will say, Alexa was probably the star of the show, or at least as far as integration. Like everything had Alexa, and so. I think Amazon has has an opportunity here to kind of corner the market in like the IoT market where you have all of these things connected in your home and they all use Alexa. Um, but I think, Google, I think Google and Alexa are probably going to kind of compete the most for this. And I don't know if Apple is going to be able to, well, no, they might. This is Apple after all. But I think right now, I think as far as capability, I think that uh that Google Assistant and Alexa probably have a have have a market right now. Unless, you know, IOS what uh twelve, eleven, twelve? <laughs> uh unless Ios eleven significantly upgrades Siri, uh I'm I'm inclined to think that Alexa and, and Google Assistant will kind of lead the way in this. Well,
1: yeah, and like those dudes on the verge said, uh They were talking about that how, uh, like Alexa, the Amazon people, they're they're like giving up, they're 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 open with it. Like if you want to put Alexa on a toilet paper dispenser, we'll do it. Just here, here you go. And Google is being very very uh, closed off about their assistant and the software, so they're not, you know. Like if you're gonna design a GPS and you wanted to make it work with a voice assistant, right now your best bet is to do that with Alexa because there'd be they, it would be easier to work with those guys than it would be to work with, you know,
3: Google. Right. Yeah, I agree with you there. I think that to your point that I think Alexa probably is gonna have the foothold. I think that there, although I, I agree that Google probably has the biggest brand presence. When it comes to using a personal assistance and being able to monetize that, I think that Amazon has the advantage because of them having everything from A to Z. Um, and that's where I think that they have the advantage on Google. Because I don't shop. If I Google search something to shop it, I'm generally going to go to Amazon. I'm not going to buy anything from the Google store. And so I think that's what's going to help push and drive uh, Amazon's control over that n- domain in the market.
0: All right. Well, Let's see. Our our last rumor of the day is LG. I kind of alluded to it. Uh, so the G6, actually, it kind of already leaked it. I mean, we already have a picture of what the at least what the what the top half of the phone is going to be like, and it kind of continues the whole bezel-less design. Although it's not necessarily as to as from what I can see, but it is it is mainly screen. Where the top and bottom bezels are pretty, pretty thin. Um, but I don't know. It, it looks pretty nice, honestly. I will say it looks really good, and I'm almost. T- huh? It's a good looking phone. Yeah, I'm almost tempted to to to, to consider it, but you know those <laughs> updates. But um, <laughs> but uh, let, let's see. Uh, as far as specs, it'll have obviously the the, the latest. Uh, Snapdragon, which will probably be the A35, maybe. Uh, I'm I sure. think. I, well, I'm reading A21, but yeah, it might, it might be A21. Yeah. Uh, actually, yeah. Uh, according to the verse, the first device to use the new Snapdragon A35 will be the Galaxy S8, or at least here in America, because we know that Samsung likes using the the Exynos process overseas. Yeah, they use Exynos overseas. Yeah. And I still never figured out why they why they why they do that. I don't know. I don't know if that's a, a an American thing where the where the FCC FCC says... yeah oh yeah well, the FCC
1: right. and uh, the the ease of being able to put it in there. It has something to do with that. I haven't done enough research to speak to it, but uh, the the G six. I mean, it looks good, right? It looks good on the outside, but it's still going to have LG software on the inside, and so
0: there well i mean, mean samsung has their own software on top but that hasn't stopped people from using it so somebody like it it's amazing TouchWiz is amazing i think that's a debate for another time but <laughs> <laughs> but uh but well, let's let, let me let me see uh it'll come with at least 64 gigs of space uh let's see It'll probably retain the micro SD slot so you can at least upgrade the storage yourself. So. Unfortunately, I'm hearing that it won't have a removable battery. So, you know, the number of phones that have a battery that you can replace is getting smaller by the by, by the year. So is that is that a deal breaker for some of you? Like not being able to switch out your battery?
3: Not. I- No, not for me. I've I've had an iPhone since the first iPhone, and no other phone since then. So I've never been able to change out my battery for at least the past seven or eight years.
1: Yeah, Uh, just insurance on your phone. Like if your if your battery breaks, get another. Just get another one. Like not that big.
0: deal. Yeah, I think most people. I mean, have some kind of some kind of device protection that they get from the carrier or even maybe from Apple or whatever. So if it breaks or your battery just goes bad, you just trade it in and get a new one.
1: And most carriers are working on like a yearly upgrade cycle anyway. Right. And so if you're upgrading every year anyway, you're covered under the manufacturer's warranty for a year. So,
3: mm-hmm.
1: uh, you know, just just ride out. Like uh, the battery, taking out your battery, I never, like I, I thought about that. I was really like non-removable batteries because I had been so Android my whole life. Uh, well, not my whole life because clearly phones ain't been out that long, but like it, it's it's a th- like it, when I, I was looking at getting a new phone and I was like, I don't want to not be able to take my, my battery and I, I thought I haven't even taken my case off my phone since I got it in a, like it's been a year and a half since I've taken the case off the phone, much less the battery. So why do I really need to take my battery out? You know what I mean?
0: True. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess it's, it's probably a non-starter for most people. Uh, techies and non-techies alike I think it seems like most people don't really care about that so since they're probably going to replace their phone next year anyway so let's see now I will say when I, I, I am a fan of LG's like the v20 the v10 and the v20 that came out I'm a, I'm a big fan of those And and I wish a lot of I wish other manufacturers took ideas from the v20 and the v10 like that like that took the the second screen at the top, I think that's pretty yeah. useful. Yeah, it is. It's nice. But uh, let's see. Uh, so apparently, so the V10 and the V20 series, they, they seem to be LG's attempt to kind of uh, just... compete uh, with the Note. Well, yeah, that well, that and kind of put all of the, the highest-end features in it. So so the, the G6, for example, is going to have a, a quad deck, audio system DAC is for for the listeners out there who are savvy in audio like me DAC is a digital to audio converter so basically that kind of determines the quality of the sound coming out of your out of your device as far as i can understand if anyone's out there that's more savvy than me please let me know but
1: yeah it just converts a digital to an analog signal so that your uh, driver you know your whatever driver you're using uh, can play music for you because uh but the the quad deck or it's it's like a 32-bit quad deck um which is like the first time that this is ever going to be used in a phone uh the v20 was the first one and then they're going to keep it of course in their new one um and it it it, if you're an audiophile it definitely makes a difference and it could be enough to swing you to the phone entirely that and their uh wide angle you know double camera thing it's 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 not the worst it's not the worst phone ever
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, I I've seen a few reviews, uh, particularly one by a uh, a company called Pocket now, and they like they gushed over the the Quad DAC in the V20. They love that thing. So, mm-hmm. uh, and they they seem to be pretty pretty knowledgeable as far as audio, so I kind of trust them with that. But let's see, it'll be have a bigger battery, likely over 3200 milliamp hours. It won't be removable, obviously. Uh, it'll be waterproof. That seems to be a new thing now. A lot of phones are coming out now that are waterproof. Uh, wireless charging, and I don't think it's it'll be the true wireless charging like the new iPhone. I think it'll be the regular T wireless charging, and of course it'll have the Android Nougat on it. Um, type C connector, no headphone jack. Yeah, that's the thing. That's another thing this year is no headphone jack, and although the Type C. I'm glad that is proliferating around the, uh, and uh, as far as Android anyway, because I think that, you well, know, know, that Type C is the is the future. It's an FCC mandate. Uh,
1: everything has to be that by 2018, so that's why companies are doing it. But just to you know, because Apple pays a fine for every every device sold because they don't have the Type uh, the Type A connector now, and then they won't change to Type C because they got to be special because they're Apple and they're they're, they're, they pay a fine to the FCC
0: but we all to, know the reason why they why they've kept the lightning port right we all know like because they want those they want that uh, that fee that uh, that uh accessories manufacturers have to <laughs> have to pay in order to have their their accessory approved by Apple and so they get those, they get those fees so in order in order to make well technically you can make an accessory. That uses the Lightning port, you don't have to get approved by Apple, but you know if you see that made for iPhone symbol, it, it gives a little bit more credence to your device. But yeah, but we all know, you know, Apple is vertically integrated, right? They like controlling everything about their phone, which includes every single port on their phone. So right. they can't they can't control the headphone jack because they, they they don't have a patent on that. They do have a patent on that on that Lightning port, so if they can control that. Then. They, they seem to not like being beholden to anyone else. And so, yeah. I get it.
3: Yeah, I think that that's just, to your point, is just a part of, like you said, since they have the patent on it, everybody has to pay a, a use fee or, you know, apply for a, um, licensing. A, a licensing fee. Right, a licensing fee to use their patent in order to re- create the the accessory. Now At some point, I can't remember the exact time. I have to look into my my notes to see when that's going to expire. And once that time period is over, then you know they'll change to something else that they can only control because that's typical Apple. Right, right, right.
0: Well, let's see. Um, all right. I think I've had enough of smartphones right now. So, all right. So next Friday is March third, and. There's two two very important things uh happening on that day. one, Logan is coming out, yes, and I really want to see that movie and two, the Nintendo switch is coming out so are there now i I know uh, Dominique said he's a he's a gamer, but uh Tiffany and, and shoot are you all are you all gamers?
3: I'm I'm a gamer. Um, the type of games that I play are like uh, Watch Dogs. I think that's probably my favorite game right now. Um, I've one or two, both of. Them. I mean, I like one storyline, but I think twos I like two because it has somebody that actually represented me, which is the first that I've ever seen. Um, in a video game where the protagonist uh, was someone that looked like me, um, that Did was you intelligent. Play
1: Mafia 3?
3: No, I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, it was a brother in Mafia Three too. See, I'm gonna have to get that then. Yeah, See? yeah. So, so that's why I was. Uh, but yeah, I've. Uh, so I used to have Xbox and uh, X Xbox and PS3. Um, someone stole my PlayStation, so I haven't bought another one since then. But I've got the new Xbox One. Um, but yeah, I play games pretty pretty much. I'm not a computer gamer yet. I haven't evolved to that level yet. My <laughs> wife, in. I have a studio with music equipment, so that's kind of what I get to invest in. So,
0: well, I mean, uh are you all, do you all plan on looking at the Switch as a, as a possible secondary console or or even, or are you just going to stick with whatever your main gaming source is?
1: I almost pre ordered mine. I almost pre ordered it. But then I did a little digging, man. They don't have Netflix or a browser. Wow. Like, that's the, it's a, ta- it's a, ta- it's basically a tablet console. And the thing that you would want to, like, I'm not going to carry my 13-inch iPad and this Nintendo thing unless, you know what I mean, It there was a reason for me to keep my iPad at home because I do like Nintendo games. But number one, their backlog, their back catalog isn't going to be available at launch. They don't have a big launch lineup. There's no reason for me not to wait until the price drops. Because there's nothing coming, you know. There's nothing coming out unless you're. I mean, I want to play the Zelda game. I want to play it, but mm-hmm.
0: I
3: don't
1: have to spend three hundred dollars on the system and only play one game.
3: Right. Yeah, I, I'm planning. On, I'm planning on waiting until somebody buys it, plays it for a while, and takes it back to GameStop so I can get it at a discounted <laughs> rate.
0: <laughs> that's that's the smart thing that's, to do. I mean, I, I kind of feel what you're saying because when it, when they first announced it, I was like, "Man, that sounds really cool." because when they did the opening. Like the first trailer for it and they show Mm -hmm. playing Mario Kart playing Zelda playing Skyrim. I don't even play Skyrim, but if I (laughs) being able to play it just being able to play a game like that on the go is very appealing. Now, I don't I don't travel like that, so I don't know if I'd really get that much out of out of taking it on the go. But I do have a daughter and if she was able to take, you know, her games on the go like that, I think that might be pretty uh, pretty important, but like you said, there's some key things not not really there. Uh, first of all, their online service trash.
1: <laughs> I don't know why Nintendo keeps doing it.
3: Yeah, that's, that, you know, and that's, you know, David said a great point because, like, I have a daughter that's three and she's very into technology. And so being able to travel with something like a Nintendo Switch is very, um, I, I, it's, an, it's impressive and intriguing to me to want to be able to do that. But without being able to access things like YouTube or Netflix, it kind of then, you know, becomes like, why would I spend that much on a device that won't do everything that I want it to do when I can find something, you know, to entertain her for less?
1: yeah. I think we lost David.
3: I think we did too. Did we lose Tiffany? We ain't heard Tiffany in a while either. She's still logged in, her pictures in, but I don't, I don't see her. Uh, she hasn't, yeah, she hasn't said anything. Wait, there, I think David maybe? came back. Now, now we can.
0: Oh man, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> my, bad. my bad. I think I pulled my uh, my my headphones out prematurely. All, right. all right, so, but uh, so. What I was trying to say was that, you know, with Xbox Live and PlayStation Plus, you can get two free games, you know, every month. But with Nintendo, you can get like a free, uh, like old school game, like NES and SNES. But at the end of that month, it goes away. And you can't use it anymore. I'm like, what's the right. point of paying for, you know, for a, an online service? and you You're letting me play these games. Which you know, come on now, this is the NES game. How, how big is how big is this game? Maybe eight megabytes at the most.
3: You know. What yeah. I mean? Yeah, and see, to me, when I when I hear about things like that, the, I used to work for Walmart as a retail manager, and that kind of puts me in that mindset of that's somebody looking at numbers more so than somebody thinking like production of or playing the game. Um, that's to me like that's an executive level decision, and I think if enough people complain about it, they'll backtrack. Kind of like how you know at one point. Um, you couldn't get on Netflix or Hulu or anything like that on Xbox One without paying for Xbox Live subscription. And I know people were like, well, why would I even have the console if I'm already paying to use this? I don't need to pay you again to use the service. I'll use another console. And so they made that, you know, abrupt 180 as well. So I think Nintendo probably will make the change after they released it and they, you know, squeezed every dime that they can out of those fanatics that are going to pay, you know, for that service.
1: Don't forget about that always on when the Xbox One first came out. You remember oh, yeah. they?
3: Yeah.
1: You had to, you had to uh, be connected to the internet to use it. Right. Know, oh I don't have internet, so f your system.
0: <laughs> right, and you saw what happened, though, right? You did, they did a total 180. Oh, that. that
1: was the fastest spin I've ever seen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that Nintendo does well. I mean, for, for whatever they sold out of all the pre-orders, so clearly there's excitement for the console. And I think a lot of people might not really—they might not either care about the, that whole online thing because a, I'm pretty sure a lot of parents see this and they're buying this for their kids, you know. So when when they're on road trips or they're taking them to school or, or something, Ooh. they can just use this as a as a as a media device or a gaming device rather. Hey, I think Tiffany joined us again.
2: Can you hear me? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Welcome back. I don't know, dude. I could hear y'all. I could hear you, but I, you couldn't hear me. So I wanted to get in here before y'all, you know, move on from the Switch as like someone who doesn't necessarily consider herself a gamer, but I do play games. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> like I have a PS4 and I usually play like open world games. So, um, I, I basically play like Grand Theft Auto, Watchdog and, and whatever 2K whatever is out at the time. That's all I play. But um, so I heard y'all mentioning about um, how the Switch won't have like YouTube and and it's, it's basically all it is is that game. And I think when David introduced the topic, he asked, would, would you get it as like a secondary system? So my answer would be yes. I think it's pretty cool. Like the whole idea of being able to connect several of them on the same Wi-Fi and all of that like, I think it makes for a good party-type device. Um, like, I have a Wii as a secondary system, but I only ever use it when other people are here. You know what I'm saying? So I'm I'm going to kind of argue in favor of the Switch. Like, most people, except for, nati- for Fanatics, like y'all were talking about, I don't think that would be anybody's primary device, so it wouldn't really make that much of a difference. At least not to me. Whether or not you could get Hulu and, and YouTube and Netflix and all of that on there. Yeah, that's well. Yeah, but
0: I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I think you might actually be saying the same thing I am. Well, maybe. So I was going to say that. Uh, I think that might be true because you can access Netflix and Hulu on a whole bunch of a whole bunch of other devices. So if I have my smartphone with me, or if I'm at, at if I'm at home and I I already have you know an Xbox or a PlayStation. You know, I don't necessarily need to use my Switch to watch Netflix when I already have a computer or another console to do that. So it might not really be a, a, a non starter depending on how you choose to connect to those services. Well,
1: yeah. But
0: so the way I was looking at it is the whole
1: thing they're pitching us on is that this is a mobile gaming device. Like this is something you can plug up, watch it on your, and play on your big screen. But whatever you need to get on the train or go sit in a, waiting room for three hours you can take your game with you and so the tablet part of it is what makes it different and it's the only tablet on the planet you can't connect to to the internet on and so like it it just it diminishes its value for me like I'm thinking like Nintendo like the Wii was designed and like it got so big because it catered to non-gamers but the Switch kind of does the opposite to me because if, 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 I, if I have $300 to spend on a console, I'm like, why would I drop it on this thing that doesn't do every, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's cool. Yeah, to go back to your question, yeah, sure, as a secondary gaming system, if you got $300 to mess around with, why not? Because there's gonna, Nintendo makes great first-party games. They have trash third-party support, but they make great first-party games. I want the Zelda, I want the Mario Party, I want the Mario Kart. I hope they make a Star Fox game. And if they open up their backlog, their back catalog, so I can sit down and play Earthbound in my chair, I'm going to be ecstatic. I'll buy it. But I just think they dropped the ball. I think they dropped the ball. Hopefully they come up with the software to do all that stuff and uh, update pretty quickly after launch.
0: Man, just give me Mario, Zelda, and Metroid. I'm good. (laughs) Forever. (laughs) I I, I will say I'm, I'm a closet Zelda And and Metroid fan, I love that. I played every single Zelda except for the Skyward Sword, and I actually have that on my PC as an emulator, so I'll be I'll be playing that (laughs) soon. I actually own a PS4. That's actually my 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 other system that I use to play like PS4 exclusives and stuff. So I'll use that as my you know Netflix box most of the time, or if I want to you know play PS PS4 exclusives, like for example. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn is coming out soon for the PS4, and I, I was really interested in that, so I'll probably I'll probably get that. But so, uh, Tiffany, you were saying how it was uh, kind of a a console for multiple people to kind of bond around and and you know a party a kind of a party console, a social console, and I think that's kind of what Nintendo going for because when you watch their videos, you know the, you you could take the those two Joy-Con things out. And you, can, you know each person can use it as a separate controller and you can actually play split screen on on the tablet itself now i don't know if that's really practical on on that side screen but at the very least they're trying to continue that whole social gaming aspect that they started with the wii so i think that this if they do it right and 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 Dominique said it that they really need to open up their back catalog and they can't and they really need that third party support which they claim they have. And so, you know, seeing games like Skyrim and NBA two K and stuff, that it seems I, I I'm hopeful that though that third party developers will be on board. If not, it's gonna be just like the Wii U. Yeah. Who knows anybody that has a Wii U? I know, I know, <laughs>
2: I know one <laughs> i don't i don't know anyone i I do not i've never seen
0: one in real life exactly oh man (laughs) well i guess you're not really missing anything it it hasn't really sold that well so but all right all right guys we're going to move into our very last section and we can can change change the name of it but I, i i like i like to call it our chop it up section so it's a section where i have a discussion question and we kind of kind of talk about it, you know. We can debate it. We can, uh, you know, chop it up as as it were. So, so this this week's debate or discussion question is centered on why aren't there many people of color and women in technology? And I'll tell you, when I went to CES in January, I would say about eighty five percent of the people there were white males. And so you don't really see a lot of us. In the tech world, and it's kind of a shame because uh, there, I, I I know that there are a lot of people who are interested, but I guess they don't either. They don't get the chance to be to be uh, featured, or they don't have that 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 opportunity to kind of be known. I don't know, but so I guess I'll pose that question: Why do you all think there aren't a lot of minorities or women in the whole tech industry? Uh you know
1: so i there i think there are a lot of minorities i just don't think there's a lot of black people uh and it's kind of like a i think culturally it's less cool uh to be a techie or a nerd um and so a lot of times growing up we're not you know it's, it we don't all live in the inner cities uh hashtag #trump uh but the ones that do that, that the ones that do kind of you're not really, there's no where, there's no resources. There's nowhere for you to go to like learn the code and there's no computer teachers there that are like going to dig down and like, find. you know, where, where you can just really have a passion for tech. Um, and so when you, you know, you go to college, you're behind the eight ball, as far as, you know, there's a lot of people that go to college already with programming knowledge. There's a lot of people that go to college already having had extensive, um, you know, experience and being around a lot of, you know, robotics programs and stuff. You're not going to see robotics at, at an inner city school. You're just not going to see it. Very rarely will you see it. I'll say that uh, they put their money in the football program.
2: Right. So. Yeah. To, um, to kind of piggyback off of what Dominique was saying, like uh, I don't think we know to aspire to these fields per se, like, um, I wasn't, the only reason that I'm an engineer is because I had a teacher kind of pull me to the side and, um, tell me that I should check out a drafting class and, or, you know, like technical drawings or whatever. And so that kind of started me down the path, but up until that point, I aspired to be a doctor, which, you know, in hindsight, that probably would have never worked for me because I'm squeamish. <laughs> but um, like, I just I, I just didn't know. Like, I, I, even when I started that technical drawing class, I didn't know anything about what an engineer really does. And that's that's kind of funny because I have an uncle who, well, I have two uncles who are engineers. But I just, you know, like it's just not really something that I think we really talk about. Like our kids don't know to aspire to these things, kind of.
0: Yeah, I think that 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 whole push to go to get into the sciences or to the STEM field, period, is kind of lacking in our community. And I and I wish there were more examples we could point to. Like I pointed to uh, Marquez Brownlee on YouTube as as one of those Black tech tech tubers, as they they say sometimes but he's someone who's done very well he's probably one of the, one of the most well-known or well-known youtubers as far as reviewing tech and he's black so uh, I, I I try to point to him and others as to hey you know if you're it's, it's okay to be interested in technology it's okay to be a techie it's okay to be a nerd uh, it's okay to be interested in computer programming because in the in the end our world is only going to get better if we allow people to pursue those kind of things that they're interested in, and not you know shun them away as far as uh, because uh, because of some cultural pariah or something. So, uh, I mean, is there anything? I mean, you all, you know, what can we do to kind of improve interest in in the STEM fields and computer sciences and technology and all that kind of stuff? I mean, is there anything we can do as a community? Is there anything the government can do? Like, what do you what do y'all think?
3: So. I I didn't so for me I have a, I'm the oldest of five so I have three younger sisters um, and one of them is in college and one of them is uh, an eighth grader I think or seventh grade something like that but uh, I talk to them a lot about STEM technology the, the that field of uh, science technology engineering and mathematics um, from one our father is a mechanical engineer that went to Georgia Tech went to MIT went to Tennessee State. Um, and so we were exposed to, at a younger age than most to, you know, science and engineering by going to the Nesby conferences. Um, but shout out one Nesby, yeah, shout out Nesby. <laughs> um, one thing that I know that you know I always uh, talk to my sisters about is, is is teaching them the end game, right? So I remember as a freshman at Tennessee State when we were in our orientation class, uh, the uh, moderator said something about seeing the end first. And sometimes, because you haven't been exposed to what you can do with <clears throat> having a degree in a STEM field or working in a STEM field, you don't really know how to prepare for that until it's too late. So for me, when I have clients that you know ask me different i t questions or security related questions, I have to do research and learn you know how to code or learn how to read uh you know Python, for example a programming language to be able to figure out what's the legal ramifications. Um, and so had I known those things younger, wh- while I was still in the undergrad, I would have taken more classes. Um, and, and I guess that kind of goes back to your point about exposure where, um, I think Dominique was saying that, you know, people are going to invest their money into the sports as opposed to, you know, science classes or a lab or anything like that. Um, and so those are the things that we have to, I think we have to do as a community is give that opportunity for exposure, whether it's creating a lab or somewhere, where um, someone can can go and participate or given a scholarship to some students that are interested in the field to give them an opportunity to go to an event that they may not otherwise be able to afford or know about. Um, so those are some things that I think we should do.
1: Yeah, and uh, to jump off that real quick, like you asked, what could the government do something? Absolutely. Uh, this government won't do it, but what needs to be done is more resources given, more equitable uh, resources because the, um, you know, predominantly white schools have football programs that are well-funded and also have money for band and band and uh, robotics programs and, uh, you know, little tech, little tech clubs and chess clubs and all that stuff. Uh, But when you go to the inner city schools, uh, they're, they're noticeably less funded, well, you know, less, It just it feels different. The aura is not the same. And so what could be done is, first of all, I think we need to hold our local uh, government accountable, uh, local authorities accountable, your school board, uh, the heads of school board and stuff like that. uh, They need to have those kinds of initiatives. Those kind of things need to be exposed to children as early as humanly possible those things need to be known it needs to be known that the the only way to success in this country is not dribbling a ball and rapping and uh it's there's not enough things out here to let us to let our kids know that and we can't only count on parents because obviously all of our parents uh aren't created equal you know what i mean so
2: so if i can give a a bit of a a shallow answer and i want to give a disclaimer by saying i agree with all of those things that you guys said but a bit of a shallow answer is like I think we need to let our kids know like the amount of money that you can make when you go into these fields like my like my nieces and nephews had no interest in what I was doing until you know I got in the, I worked for an automotive company, so when I started having to like drive all of these different cars home for work from work, you know now they want to know well what is it that you do? that affords you, you know what I'm saying, to drive these cars or to let you take these trips or whatever. And so I think it's a shallow answer, but it's it's kind of similar to what Dominique was saying. It's more than one road to success. And part of success is, you know, having money to afford a certain lifestyle. And I think a lot of our kids aspire to be rappers and, and uh, athletes because mm-hmm. they see that as a road to having money. Well, you might not, you know, have millions when you start out as, you know, a computer scientist or an engineer or something like that. But, I mean, you come out of college making more than most with just a bachelor's degree. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think, you know, people need to understand that that's something that's possible. Yeah. It's just like she was just saying, uh, see the end
1: before you even start. You know, see, we need to see more examples of, of black because there's not a lot of famous engineers, period. Uh, yeah. But- I just think, you know, we need to see more examples in the community of black engineers, black scientists, black, you know, and and maybe we could start some, some kind of initiative or program where we go find these people and, and take them to inner city schools or not just inner city schools, but just wherever we got young black kids and show them, hey, I know you want to do this. I know you want to do that. But what about this as a backup plan? Because it'll probably end up being your primary plan once you
0: realize you're not going pro. And you know to that point, um, I, I, you know you, you say it's shallow, but that I think that it's not a, shallow. <laughs> I think that I think. Thanks, guys. Be, I think it can be a legitimate argument because I mean, for example, a lot of young black men, you know, aspire to be, you know, basketball player, you know, NBA, NFL players, and it's not there's nothing necessarily wrong with that in and of itself, but. It's it's good to let you know young black people know that if you you know go into the computer science field, you can still make seventy, eighty, ninety, you know, six figures in, in that field, especially if you get an advanced degree like a master's degree. So, like for example, I mean, when I, when I came uh, after I graduated with my master's degree in, in 2009, and I started off uh, making sixty thousand. So. That's just starting off right out of school, you know. Straight, I had, I mean, basically no real corporate experience, but just starting off. Now, granted, I do live in D.C., so it kind of, <laughs> it kind of, uh, the cost of living is kind of high here. But at the same time, you still get, you can still get paid more with the, you know, with that kind of, uh, with that kind of degree, and especially since everything now runs on computers. You have the Internet of Things. You have smartphones. You have all of these different things that are run on computers. And so you're never going to run out of the need for computer programmers. You're never going to run out of the need for computer security. And in fact, security is probably one of the biggest things you can get into, uh, especially when it comes to uh, penetration testing. Uh, mm-hmm. Information assurance, information security. So if we let these people know, hey, this is going to be really big because everything runs on computers. Why don't you go after this field? You might actually like it. So
3: yeah, and and that's and that's and that's exactly what I was saying about seeing the end first. You know, I was trying to make it sound uh, add, add some fluff to it, but essentially that's what it comes down to. Um, you know, when <laughs> when I went to Tennessee State, you know, my dream was I was going to be a football player. I was there on a football scholarship. And so my goal was to go to the NFL to make millions of dollars. um, To make millions of dollars, you know, but that didn't work out. Um, And that's what I'm saying. Like, had I known then what I know now, I would have been taking some computer science classes or learning how to code or doing different things like that. Because I know now that everything is relying upon somebody to be able to read a programming language and and ascertain where is the vulnerability. Um, and so I think that just by telling them like, Hey, here's what you can do with it. And here's where you can go with it. It'll intrigue them. Um, but it does lead to another caveat, which may be something to discuss for our next time that I was listening to NPR about two weeks ago. And they they, they had a story where they talked about that coders are going to become the new blue collar workers because the demand is always going to be there for every company. Um, so at some point that demand for the pay is going to go down because there's going to be so many people that have to do the job. Uh, but I was curious to know, what are you all's thoughts on that?
1: Well, I know we're not there yet because that's still such an underserved field in our mm-hmm. country. Uh, and if we're, if it's ever going to be blue collar, then that's not going to be a blue American collar because these cats are not trying to
2: code like that out here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I definitely see the the logic in that, but I do, I also think it's probably, uh, further down the road, and 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 see, I don't I don't have numbers in front of me as to people going into STEM fields as a whole, but I mm. know as far as people of color and women going into STEM, the numbers are declining. You know what wow. I'm saying? So, um, I don't know. I, I, just, I just don't necessarily see it as something that's going to happen within the next five, maybe not even the next 10 years. You know what I'm saying? Because like at, at my job, we're starved for for people to come in and code for people to be engineers like they're they're just it's not enough people to hire. So I mean, I see a- it. I see what you're saying, but I don't know when it's going to happen. Yeah, I was listening
1: to The Verge and uh, they were talking about, you know, Trump wants to bring all these uh, tech companies back to America. And that's what they were. uh, That's, you know, they were talking about it. Uh, We don't have enough mid-level engineers, Mm -hmm. enough coders. We don't have enough people to do the work that needs to be done that they have overseas. So it doesn't make financial sense. It's not even really actually technically, physically possible. To bring those companies, Apple can't manufacture their stuff here because we can't do the things that need to be done. We can't code chips. We can't—you know what I mean? Like we can't do those things uh, at the level that they can do it because we don't have enough people going into those fields. That's across the board. That's not just people of color. Hmm.
0: Right. So, so Tiffany, let me ask you: Do you think there's a, do you think there's a bigger barrier or a uh, a bigger? decline when it comes to getting black women into the STEM fields because I I, I will tell you when I first joined the government and uh, I started off as a, as a network engineer and so I, I was blown away because there was plenty of black people doing network engineering and I was like wow I didn't realize that it was that many <laughs> that many black people that worked in the government like that that did you know those kind of techy jobs there's one woman in particular um, who kind of showed me the ropes. And when I tell you like this woman, she's a black woman, mind you. Like she was probably one of the smartest network engineers that I know like bar none. Like she could go in and like so the highest Cisco network certification you can get is a CCIE. I strongly believe she could get that thing easily like first try like like girl was on point. So and, and it was kind mm-hmm. of a, it's kind of a shame not to see more women like her. So do you think that there's more of a a barrier for Black women, like is it is it a is it a cultural thing? Is it a, a, a sexism thing? Just to be honest, I mean, what do you think uh, the, the problem is?
2: Um, I think I think with with Black women coming into like STEM STEM fields, I think it's it's a two level problem. So I think the first part of the problem is the blackness and all of those things that we mentioned before about how our kids just don't necessarily have exposure to these things to know to aspire to them so i think that's part of it and that part is covered in the blackness but um then the woman part of it comes into play once you actually get into it and start working um it's it's my experience that I don't know if I've ever okay so so for example in in the building that I work in, um there's probably let's say maybe about five hundred people that sit in the building i I'm the only black woman in the building mm. um mm. and further than that the it's only me and two other guys who are black engineers. There's a garage in my building. And so there's some black men that work in the garage as technicians. It's not even many of them, but you know, like it's, it's like, like I, I can count on one hand, the number of black people that I probably see at work every day. And I know them all like, that's just, you know, letting you know what it is. So I I do think I run into discrimination. um, But I kind of feel <laughs> that I I run into more discrimination as a woman. Maybe it's because I work in the the automotive industry too, you know, so that might add a extra layer of machismo on top of it. Right. But, um, I run into discrimination there where even though it's a data driven field and I might be able to get data to back up the opinion that I've been getting, like trying to get people to listen to, um, like, it's a data-driven field, so sometimes the data back up, backing up what I'm saying is enough for some of these guys, but on the other hand, it's not enough just because I'm a woman and I, I don't know what I'm talking about, so, so you run into that. Like, that's the part of it at work that I think is frustrating to some of us, and so, you know, it leads to, I don't know, like, kind of fatigue, and maybe people just aren't as encouraged to keep on in the field or even to encourage others to get in the field. But on the flip side, as a woman, I also think part of the problem is that a lot of times we want to do stuff that we feel is um like, like like yeah. an existential type thing. Like we want to help people and we want to, you know what I'm saying? And sometimes it's hard to, to uh, negotiate your moral or personal passions uh, or reconcile it with like having a technical type job. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if that makes any sense, but I honestly think that's part of why we don't have women going into these fields as much because women want to help society as a whole. And sometimes you can't see, see how being an engineer allows you to do that. Does that make any sense? Yeah, I get it. So I don't know. I think we just got to figure out ways to to tell people how to how to do these things, <laughs> how to reconcile STEM with whatever your personal aspirations are, as a woman or whatever. Right, mm-hmm. and, and, and I
0: wonder if that. I wonder if the. I mean, that, that's a good point that you made because I I know that a lot of women go into college and they usually major in more liberal arts fields or nursing or something like that and. For some reason, they never think to pick something more technical, maybe because they weren't either exposed to it when they were younger or maybe they weren't, you know, pushed to do something like that when they were younger. Because I know for me, my first exposure with computers was, what, five years old. You know, my, my dad had a, had a computer, had DOS on it. And so he taught me how to use those DOS commands. And so, you know, if you're a little girl, is your dad going to teach you DOS commands? Or at least, you know, or, you know, these days, you know, is your, is your dad going to teach you Python <laughs> or, or C++ or something like that? I don't know. And so I think maybe it's a, uh, you know, it's maybe it's is, is men. Field. Say it again? I said
1: it's kind of looked at as a masculine field. Like, right. you know, when you think of doctor, you don't necessarily think of woman. But when you think of nerd, you think of a guy. When you think of a uh, gamer, you think of a guy. When you think of techie, you think of a guy so it's i think it's just uh it's part of social engineering and conditioning that we just naturally you know you, you want your girls to be loving caring pretty and you want your guy go- you know you want your men your your young men to be uh you know masculine lift stuff athletic and that and so it it's just i think it's it's just all part of that you, you don't get you don't get the exposure as a, as a young girl uh and it's not um Embraced and celebrated, like, oh, you're learning how to use a computer. You know what I mean, it's not, it's not something that we like. That's not one of the qualities we list in femininity.
2: Very true.
0: Very right. true. So, I, so I guess the the, one of the primary solutions to this would be that you know we need to encourage you know young people at, well, yeah, encourage people at a young age, girls and black and you know black boys, black you know black boys and black girls that. You know it's okay to be a techie you know if you're interested in computers do it you know you know don't let anyone tell you that just because you're a girl or just because you're black that you know that you don't belong in the field is actually quite the opposite we need everyone in the field as you said you know there there are shortages we need plenty of people to be programmers and and info set guys but if we keep if we keep this whole cultural notion that is you know, if you're a nerd, that's bad or whatever. Then it's only gonna it's only gonna perpetuate the cycle of non of black people not being in the STEM fields. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Well, I guess we have come to the end of our episode one of this podcast. I'd like to thank you all for being here. Um, uh, let's see. I guess uh, if you all don't mind, you know, if you all don't, don't mind people, random people following you, uh, if you want to, <laughs> if you, if you want to, you know, catch up with me, I am at Short Techie on Twitter, at Short Black Techie on Instagram, and Short Black Techie on Facebook. So if you want to uh, holler at me, go ahead. I'd be more than happy to talk tech with you. Uh, any, any anyone else care to put their information out there on the interweb? <laughs> yeah, my uh, my Instagram is under uh,
1: is d Bla- d underscore blake. That's d underscore blake. And then my Twitter handle is i underscore slang underscore phones.
3: So <laughs> I like that. <laughs> So my uh, you can connect with me on Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, and Facebook with all the same username. It's M Shoot Jr. That's uh, M and S is in Sam, H is in Hotel, U is in Umbrella, T is in Tom, E is in Echo, J R. So at M Shoot Jr.
2: For me, uh, I'm really only on uh, Facebook and Instagram. My Facebook is just Tiffany Vicks. Tiffany, regular spelling, Vicks V I C K S. And my um my IG handle is if Tiff was a fifth. Um, so it's if underscore T I F F underscore W A S underscore number five T H. If Tiff was a fifth.
0: All right, then. Well, to all the listeners out there, if you are interested in reading some of the articles um, that we write, uh, feel free to go to uh, com. That may change in the future, but for right now, com. I've written a few articles on a variety of issues, such as Apple and the FBI. I've done a few movie reviews. Um, So go ahead and check that out. And that's also where all the podcasts will also be. Uh, in addition to iTunes and Google Play. So, you know, if, you, if you're an Apple, an Apple person or a Google person, go ahead and subscribe, uh, write some reviews. That way more people will hear about us and we can grow. Until then, thanks for listening. I just want to say something
1: real quick before we go.
0: Go ahead. Uh,
1: the good thing that we can all just hold on to is that by the time anybody hears this, there's a chance that he won't be our president.
0: Oh, man. (laughs) All All right. On that note, I'll see you guys later.